Hi everybody, welcome to episode 35 of 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music. Welcome to 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music with Clarissa Custom Music's very own Kerry Lacey. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 35. My name is Kerry Lacey and this is my podcast called 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music. Some of you might have realised that I've had to take a break from the podcast. Uh, it's mostly due to the fact that I had a bit of, a, I don't want to say an existential crisis, but I did have uh, time to stop and reflect. I needed to. Life has gotten really, really busy. My full-time job has gotten incredibly busy. We've just completed a five-year plan uh, for where I work and so and I work full-time, work five days a week. So things have kind of grew to a bit of a head around March. Now, for those who didn't realise, I'm what you would call a solopreneur, who's somebody who does everything. I've been attempting to run my business. I've been attempting to uh, entertain around the country and also run a very thriving music department in Sydney, Australia. Needless to say, when I got to March, I found myself at a bit of a crossroads. I was in the middle of a school musical. Um, I realised that I was totally losing it. I'd batch recorded a whole bunch of podcasts and they were coming to a close and I needed to sit down and do some more and I just didn't know what I wanted to say. I've spent the last six months taking a break from my business, not engaging as much as I would normally to reflect on it. I needed to reflect on my place in the world and my place within the world of music teaching. I did begin this business in 2000. We were entertaining and performing around Sydney and eventually the world. My education stream didn't start until 2007. I was actually thanks to a really, really good friend of mine who said to me, you know, Kerry, what you do and what you teach and how you do it is really valuable. There's a lot of people out there who would um, absolutely love to learn how you do what you do. So if you are going to stop teaching, then at least continue to pass it on. And you know what? He was right. I had a lot of teachers over the years prior to 2007 say to me, you know, I really like the way you structure lessons. I really like um, the way that you create things. I really like what sorts of things you do. So when I left teaching full-time and I took some time out, I decided that I would write some teaching resources based on some of the things that I developed um, in my planning and programming. A lot of people found them really engaging. They found them to be really uh, successful in their classrooms. They found the students really liked working with the, with the items and the activities, which was really good. So that's been going since 2007. Next year marks 20 years the business is open. So it's been 13 years that I've been doing education resources and I've been doing that for the last um, seven years whilst, or six years whilst working full-time at another school. So um, turns out I was helping lots of people because I wasn't sure I was. Uh, but turns out I am. So I realised I can't do it all so I needed to look at some changes. So I started cleaning up and relaunching a number of things on my website. Um, I'm still running the music department, you know. Uh, last year I turned 52, uh, which was a very 
important, um, actually this year, sorry, I turned 52, which is a really important milestone that was in June. And it was important because my mum passed away at age 52. She had a very rare muscle weakness disease and she only lived with, it, lived with it for 12 months before it took her life. However, it was incredibly impacting on mine. I was only 18 at the time. Uh, I was living, or well, correction, I, I moved out of home or I was thrown out of home actually. And so I was on my own after my mum passed and um, life was really challenging. But I never let it get me down. You know, I always had a vision of what I wanted to do in life and, and I knew that it was going to be to teach people. And a number of years later, I, I had this certainty and belief. I was about 21, I think it was, and I believed I was going to live until I was 104. I firmly believed it. I remember reading a book by Deepak Chopra about how your body can live till it's 120, but it's your mind that can actually um, sabotage your life. And I found that to be quite the most fascinating concept I read a whole bunch of self-help books and um, I really delved into what was possible with the mind and so from a very early age as I said I think I was about 21 I firmly believed I was living till I was 104 and I never really understood where the number came from so many people asked me Kerry where's 104 come from and I couldn't tell them I really couldn't it wasn't until I was about 35 or so that it dawned on me just one day randomly out of the blue my mum died when she was 52 double 52 and you get 104 so at some point in my time on my youth I must have said to myself I'm going to live twice as long as mum so you can imagine hitting 52 there was a lot of overwhelming emotions and so that was a very difficult time for me and I really needed to I guess look at, at reflecting on what I was doing, why I was doing it. Um, I needed to understand myself a little bit more. I've always known I needed to teach people. I've always known that that's been my thing, to teach people to love music, um, to you know about the magic of music, to teach them how to harness their abilities, to teach them to be better people, to teach them to understand themselves, and more importantly, understand others. I'm really blessed to be able to do what I want to do all day every day um, but when I looked at some of the, the things that I had going on with the business I realized that there were some limitations there were things holding me back and the podcast was one of them the podcast is I think one, one of my greatest successes which has been really good I really like my podcast and I like the fact that people are you know um going and leaving comments I like the fact that people are talking to me about the episodes I like the fact that people like what I'm producing which is really good the only thing is I think what's limiting me is the 10 minute time frame like we're already into seven minutes and I haven't even started talking about today's episode so one of the big changes I wanted to make is this podcast is now going to become maybe 20 maybe 30 minutes long so it's going to be a bit longer however the takeaway is still only going to be about 10 minutes but I want to be able to have the opportunity to explain a few more things, to delve a little bit deeper into some of the tips and the tricks that I talk about on my podcast. Secondly, I'm going to cover a whole range of topics that may or may not be of interest to you. Okay, so I'm going to try and make the details, um, the titles detailed enough so that you know whether or not it will be of interest to you. 
Uh, but I don't want you to stop subscribing and I don't want you to stop listening. I just understand if it's not one of your uh, things that you want to have a listen to. So today we're going to get um, into the last point, which is I want to focus on how, the how of teaching um, and using music as a specific subject. So I do hope you enjoy the new format for the podcast. Um, so let's get into today's podcast. So today's podcast is about knowing your strengths. What are your strengths in life? I firmly believe that every music teacher is a born leader. And the reason I believe this is because we usually are on our own or we're part of a very small faculty in a school. We're usually responsible for the programming and the planning. And in high school, that means years 7 to 12, and sometimes you've only got one senior class and you have to write the program and you have to tailor it to each of the students, like the group of students you've got. No group of student is the same that you teach through. We're usually the ones that arrive at school before everyone else and leave once everyone goes home because we're the ones running the ensembles before and after school. We're usually the ones that have fantastic logistical skills because we have to navigate that 35-piece concert band to get from school to the local shopping centre to do the performance, sometimes on the weekend and sometimes having to lug three timpani. We're also usually the ones fighting for funds. We're the ones that have got great budget management and we've got good vision because let's be realistic. We run our music departments on a shoestring because usually there's not enough money to go around, which is sad really. I'm sure you have seen or worked within all of these challenges. It is your strength that gets you through. Is it? It's your ability to stick to a plan. It's your ability to be part of that vision or to have a vision for your music department. And that's the other thing. If you don't have a vision for your music department, then you need to start there. The first thing I highly recommend is a vision. I've just finished a five-year plan with the department I'm in and it was one of the most successful and rewarding shifts of my entire teaching career. I, along with myself and the other teachers at that school in the music department, we single-handedly flipped that department from being uh, a group, a school, I suppose, an environment that was very much rooted in the strategies of the 1990s and brought it into the 21st century. It has been truly one of the most amazing transformations that I've been involved in and I'm so blessed to have the teaching staff that I get to work with in the team that I'm in every single day and yes I have to lead that team but it's the collaboration within that team it's the fact that we're always working in our own strengths okay and that's the other thing I've been doing a lot of work around leadership lately particularly with students I'm part of a mentoring program and it's been really quite interesting to delve into that sort of side of working with with students and teachers now I'm a strong leader but I know that leadership is not just about one skill. You've got to be able to inspire a group or a series of individuals and you want to create magic. Now I've been listening to a fellow who's in business, I've been listening to a podcast called Lead to Win by Michael Hyatt. He's a leadership coach and he's developed a bunch of programs to help people focus and avoid distractions in the workplace. You may have heard of him. He's written something called the the um, full focus planner and the tactics and the strategies behind that and the, the methodology is really quite good. I've developed a similar sort of strategy and, and applied it the last quarter and it's been a really interesting process and I think there's a lot of value in the, the strategies that Michael Hyatt teaches in that full focus planner. 
Um, now, during one of his podcasts, he was talking about something called the strength test. Now, I actually hadn't heard of the strength test. I've, I've done an Enneagram test before and I've heard of lots of, uh, and I've taken that test four or five times in my career. And I've, I've seen uh, a number of people talk about your strengths, but I've never actually taken a test for it. Now, apparently the test um, that you can take will tell you the order of your 34 strengths from your strongest to your weakest. Now, of course, every strengths test has, um, there's a number of different ones that you can take. The one that I took has a free option, which will identify your top five strengths, but you can also find the full report out for a reasonable cost. Now, I was fascinated by the prospect of this test. Everyone loves to know more about themselves and there's a test out there that can help me understand myself. Well, I'm, I'm interested. You know, I love knowing more about my brain and how it works. My brain is what governs my body. It's what directs me. It's what keeps me going. So I started trying to find this test. Now, when I did find it, it was going to cost me $50 So uh, to find out answers. But I'm pretty frugal. You've got to remember I'm a music teacher who's been running a music department for most of my teaching career and I will run them on shoestrings if I have to. So I thought surely I can find a free version. And so I did to some degree. There's the high five test and that allows you to take the strengths test and it will tell you your top five. It just um, won't uh, give you all of them. If you want the full report, as I said, it will cost. And I do have um, an affiliate link for that test and I also do have some options where you could you could have it at a reduced price as well um, because I am an affiliate with this company. Uh, so hopefully with a little bit of luck, you'll go and visit the High Five Test using the link that's in my podcast notes. So this is part of positive psychology and it's an incredibly useful to tool for your team, for your school, your staff and your students. So I've used it across the board. Uh, executive teams have done the strengths test with me. I've done the strengths test with some students. I've done it with our ensemble leaders. And it's been a really, really useful experience. Now, when I found out my top five strengths, I'll be honest, I was a little surprised, not so much by the terms, but by the explanations. So my top five were, my first one was optimist. That did not surprise me. I'm always seeing the glasses half full. Timekeeper, which is somebody who's a planner and a preparer. So a timekeeper is somebody who makes a plan, can write a plan, loves writing plans and will execute, which is good. Believer is somebody who believes in the worth of humans. Somebody who believes that everybody on the planet can be good, is good, can achieve extraordinary things. They value um, respect and they, they have very high standards, people who are believers very high standards in the human race and the, and the abilities that the human race can, can achieve or, 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 um, uh, or reach. My fourth one was coach. Not surprising, I'm a teacher, so of course I'm a coach, constantly working in that environment. And some of these were common amongst a number of our uh, other uh, teachers that took it as well. Coach was quite common. That's not, that's, as I said, not unusual because we do work in coaching all day, every day, which is good. The last one, however, really got me. It was self-believer. Now, self-believer is not um, somebody who believes in themselves. It's not an arrogant person. It's somebody who believes in their ability to get something done. 
So if you say to me, I need you to go and do this, I know I'm going to be able to get that done. I know whether it's going to be a challenge, I know whether I'm going to have the skill set, I know what I'm going to need to do in order to find the skill set in order to be successful or not, you know, but that's what self-belief is. Self-believer is somebody who believes in their own abilities, right? Now, I'm not a very confident person, but I do have a lot of self-belief. I do believe in my own ability. You know, if it's up to me, it'll get done. Um, I just want to read uh, a description of the optimist. This is kind of the description that you get, the, the standard description you get in the high five test. So a description of the optimist is this. Your objective is to bring positive spirit. If there is someone believing that the glass is half full instead of half empty, then it is you. Whether it's a work project or a daily situation, you always manage to find a way to make everything more exciting. You inject enthusiasm into people and that's why they love being around you. Sure, there are people who don't buy your positivity, but could it set you back? No way. Your optimism simply would not allow it. In a team environment, you are generous with praise, grateful for people and circumstances, and quick to find positive in every situation, which is the key in motivating people and mitigating conflicts. Now, can you imagine the positive effect that would have on your students or you if they knew that was their top strength? Can you imagine how useful this information would be to know about one of your students that perhaps was doubting themselves in their ability? It does need to be said, though, that this information should not be abused, okay? In a team environment, it's easy to say, oh, well, so-and-so is a timekeeper, so we'll get them to do all the planning. That's not how it works. Or you should say, oh, so-and-so is the one that should speak to the boss about the delicate subject because their top strength is peacekeeper. Right? That's not how it should be used. That's not how this information should be used. Regardless, this information was really, really interesting for myself and for the students I was dealing with. Also, the staff. To say that it had a positive impact on those kids was an understatement, particularly my mentoring students. Some were surprised at their strengths. A lot were super keen to share it with the group, which was good. Um, now, these are students who are kids, the students who are years 10 to 12. So we're talking about 15, 16, 17, so sort of mini adults. Um, you might not do this with kids in year 7, 8, 9. They might not quite understand it. And it's also to note that the older you get, the variety of experiences you have and you encounter in life will obviously um, affect your strengths. Also, the environment you're working in. Like I said, a lot of teachers um, have, and when our executive did, a lot of our teachers had coach as, an, as something that came up quite, um, quite consistently. But that's not surprising. Uh, so today's tip for me to give to you is to go and find out your strengths. And empower yourself a little. If you run a team, get them to do the strengths test. I did that with my team. Um, and one of my team members had planning and had timekeeper as one of their things. And they actually didn't think they were very good at that at all. They actually thought that they didn't do a very good job, job at timekeeping and at planning and preparing. I mean, they can follow a plan if given them, given it to them but they didn't think that they could actually create the plans. Um, and let me tell you, that empowerment was incredible. That person had a project they wanted to complete at the conclusion of the five years, and that project still had not been completed, and literally within three weeks, it was done and dusted. 
that project was complete and it had been something that they had been wanting to do for a long time. They just didn't have the guts to do it. But this, knowing that they were a timekeeper, gave them the empowerment to do it. It was huge. It was absolutely massive. So honestly, go and find out your strengths test. Now down in the notes, the show notes, you will find on this podcast, you'll find the link. It is affiliate link. Okay, so it's only an affiliate link if you purchase. So if you take the free test and you don't purchase anything, then there's I don't I don't receive any connection. Um, if you do, however, uh, there is an affiliate for that. So just letting you know, always above board when it comes to it's my first affiliate link. So um, I'm very excited about being able to promote this particular company's strengths test. I've been very impressed with um, their testing and and the strengths abilities that they have, which is really good. Now that concludes today's podcast. So we do hope that you've enjoyed today's topic. The podcast is back up and running, so I'm very excited to bring a whole range of, of new topics to you for this year. Don't forget, if there's something specific you want to know about, please let us know. I'd be more than happy to discuss it on the podcast. In the meantime, look after each other and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music with Clarissa Custom Music's Kerry Lacey. 